This is a HeadGum Podcast. It's that episode, not that episode. It's that episode. With Craig Rowe. Welcome to It's That Episode, the podcast where I, Craig Rohn, invite a guest over to my apartment. We watch any TV show that they choose. We watch it. We talk about it. We talk about a bunch of other crap. Today, my guest is the one, the only, the co-creator of Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell, the man behind the internet sensation, Too Many Cooks. He's wearing a red shirt, more sort of maroonish, wearing jeans. Uh, we're in the bowels of William Street. We're we're in the bowels of the William Street, the Adult Swim beast. Um, we're in the the middle of the enem- of enemy territory. Um, please welcome Mr. Chris Casper Kelly. Hello, hello, Craig. Is that cool that I called you Chris Casper Kelly? That is cool. That is good. Your gnome de plume is Casper Kelly. Yes, but, but to friends. But to friends, you're Chris. Yes, because it, there are a lot of Chris Kellys. Yes, there are. Uh, there's one that writes on Broad City. Mm-hmm. I know. I know him. You, oh, you know him, yes. He did an episode of this. I believe he watched Law & Order or something like that. There's one on the Vietnam War Memorial who died for our country. He was on this podcast. We watched uh, <laughs> We watched um, Client List, like I watched with you. Oh, okay. <laughs> through some time travel? Yeah, through some time travel. We watched The Wonder Years. Uh, yes. And today... Uh, we're going to watch something. I picked something I haven't seen, but I remember uh, the end credits as a kid of fireworks during the credits, but I had no interest in watching it, and it was called Love American Style. Love American Style, which I've heard of. It's from the late, uh, the early 70s, late 60s. It's a, as you were telling me, an anthology show, a sex comedy, I guess, right? Uh, yes. I'm expecting to see... Some entendres. Some double entendres. Double entendres. Some triple entendres. Um, what do you... I mean, I I know of this show, but I know nothing uh, about it. I mean, I could have done some research, but I didn't. Um, because sometimes it's good to go in completely cold, you know what yes. I mean? Yes. Especially as a host. It's great. It's a great sign if you don't know anything. So, um, what else are... You remember the, the closing credits. What's your interest in the show all about? Uh, I guess I'm interested now, because I had no interest in it as a kid, and I guess now I'm just interested in in what it was. And also, I was, I was talking to you about how this was came out in the late 60s, and it was only like five years earlier. You couldn't even show a married couple in bed together for a scene like Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore would be in single beds. So that had just happened, and now they've got a show that's hanging its hat on love situations and and I would assume sex and the and the we just read on wikipedia that the recurring a recurring element is a brass bed a big brass bed uh so i want to see i guess for the drinking version of this i'm expecting to see a lot of brady bunch type homes right like mid century modern late 70s ranch spacious homes. ranch homes a lot of uh batik gowns and stuff you know that the was in style of the time and some bell bottoms maybe uh bell bottom jeans and uh i'm curious because it was kind of getting liberated but it was still kind of sexist 
And yeah, I want to see what kind of line they're going to have here. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, again, I don't know much about the show, but it seems it's obviously, as you just said, from, like, the liberated time. But knowing how television is in general, I assume it's just going to be super sexist and, like, just excuses to show women bouncing about and... Uh, and all of that. Will there be any homosexual stereotypes and will they touch on that? God, I I hope so. We'll we'll see. Um, So at this time, when this came out, you must have been really young, right? I mean... Yeah, or maybe even not even alive for some of it. But, um... So it would have been in reruns. It would have been in re- yeah. so this was in reruns in what the late seventies, yeah. early eighties. Yes. yes, and then oh, and we also found out. Look at the Wikipedia, which is, I mean, I know this is done on, you know, not, maybe not anymore, but on some sitcoms they'd use episodes as like backdoor pilots for other shows. But this one, because it's an anthology uh, series, like every episode was a couple different stories. The one that we're watching is called um, Love and Formula. 26B and Love and the Intruder. So there are two different storylines. And we found out that in one episode, one of the storylines was the pilot for Happy Days. That's crazy. That's crazy. I don't understand that. And did it, the pilot have anything to do with love or did they just shove it in there? I don't know. I guess we could also watch that segment, but we don't have to. That's the, the beauty of this podcast. And there was an animated one. That premiered, Backdoor premiered, Wait Till Your Father Gets Home. Which is a Hanna-Barbera. Did you know of that show? Uh, I think I watched it. I don't remember anything about it. I want to say maybe Tom Bosley was the voice. Also the dad on Happy Days. Oh, I'm wow. not positive, though. Well, you dropped some knowledge on me that I'd never known that every Hanna-Barbera uh, cartoon is based off of a another sitcom. Like, um, I, I knew, as I was saying to you, like, I knew... The Honeymooners, Flintstones is the Honeymooners. But then you were... You said, Yogi Bear was Art Carney. They just used the Art Carney Oh, right. That's from, uh, Yes, right. Uh, Top Cat was Sergeant Bilko. Right. Okay. Um, uh, the Jetsons is Hazel. That's one people don't see a lot. But the that maid is totally... A, the robot maid is totally rip off of the maid in Hazel. And the, and the very bland dad is like the bland, bland dad on Hazel. Uh, oh, and also Scooby-Doo, Many Loves of Dobie Gillis. Uh, Which is, I mean, I guess that's, is that, I mean, that's totally a lot. It's, it's sort of cool that it's just like, like everybody knows Scooby-Doo, but it's, I don't know how many people know the many lives of Dobie Gillis, but that show sort of lives on through the, the Scooby-Doo characters. It's a, I have finally watched some of that show, uh, with my daughters. I think it's on Hulu now, many loves of Dobie Gillis. And the premise is there's a guy like Freddie who, falls for this girl who's like Daphne and but she's very materialistic and he's broke uh-huh. so he's always doing schemes to try to get money so she'll want to stay with him and there's an w- episode with Warren Beatty in it oh really as a rich rival uh, and the- then oh and, and then the uh, the shaggy character the, in the show is called the character is Maynard G. Krebs played <laughs> by Bob Denver aka Gilligan oh wow and he has the facial hair of shaggy and he's a beatnik does he, is he like that, zoinks, like the... No, I, no, that must be all that stuff mu- that, right. uh, is that Casey Kasem did Casey that? Casey Kasem. Yeah, Casey added that stuff, but it is uh, uh, a disheveled, facial-haired, oh, wow. slack-ass beatnik. I'm, I'm, I want to watch that show, I mean, not for this, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I want to check that out, that sounds so interesting. Are there any other characters that you know of that are rip-offs of... Uh, Oh, Hanna-Barbera? Hanna uh, let me think. Let me think. 
Oh man, I'm blank. Oh well, Jabberjaw like, was curly from Three Stooges. I don't even know who Jabberjaw is. Jabberjaw was a shark. Not all, they wouldn't always just rip off a sitcom. They would just take a character persona, like with Yogi Bear and Art Carney. Uh, but Jabberjaw was a sh- shark. It was basically Scooby Doo underwater, okay. and it was a traveling band. Okay. And they would solve mysteries. And Jabberjaw was curly from the Three Stooges. Ooh, wise guy, huh? Whoa, whoa, oh, whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. Uh-huh. That sounds uh, vaguely familiar. Yes. That also sounds awful. <laughs> but, you know, whatever you got to do to make a dollar. Whatever you got to do. Um, so we're going to be watching Love American Style. Um, this may be a short episode. This is, oh, yeah. So we found out that for a couple, many of the seasons, they were 44-minute episodes. And for one season, they're 22. And I think we made the smart decision to watch a shorter one. Um what are you hoping for besides for the sexism? And uh, I know you love sexism. Yes, I love sexism. I, I guess I, I don't know. I'm, I don't know when I'm... I'm interested in their idea of edgy sexual entendre humor, but from the very early 70s, late 60s. Like, how far were they going at that right. point? I'm interested to see, like, I like that anthology shows are coming back now. You know what I mean? I, yes. I guess maybe they were gone for a while. But um, I'm just excited to see just a different anthology show that we can just jump into. And we don't really need to know too much about it. Oh, and I guess also, like, uh, a lot of those type of shows, like Love Boat and so on, you would get character actors from the 50s. You might even get, like... Uh the Margaret Hamilton, the witch from Wizard of Oz, trying to do something. So some t- trying we to may, do something. We may failing. we may get a <laughs> no. She's a wonderful woman and succeeds in all she does. But we may get a interesting uh, character actor that we know. Right. In this episode, I, we don't know. I God bless him. I hope so. On zero research, I, uh, we did see while researching that Harrison Ford is in an episode. Harrison Ford is an episode. I saw in one that Milton Berle was in an episode. <laughs> Um, like would he show his penis? Were they that liberated at the time? Would yes, they have they jokes? His... Would they have jokes about like his big hog? Uh, there was a great. <laughs> I saw a great clip on YouTube that it's like Milton Berle finally responds to the rumors, and he's like, you know, they ask him about, you know, what about the rumors about you know having mm. a legendary mm. schlong, and he's and like, then it was a Rick Roll. No, <laughs> yeah, and then it's like never gonna give you mm. up, but never gonna let you down, never gonna. Down. And then he, so he's just sort of like skirted the question, but then at that, like you know, for like a minute, he's like, you know, blah blah blah. You know, people say things, blah blah blah. blah. But let's just say, uh, every time I get an erection, I pass out. <laughs> the blood, or the, the blood rush. When the blood rushes there, I pass out. Or something like that. I thought, hey, there's also. Have you seen the? Um, is that one called Love and the Giant Cock? Because every episode is love and something. Love and the enormous comedian cock. Um, have you ever watched this thing called The Comedian? I think it's called The Comedian starring Mickey Rooney. No. There was an article written about Milton Berle and uh, about him on the set of his TV show or his variety show. And it was just about how horrible a human being was and how he mistreated everyone. And it was so bad that they made they wouldn't let them release the article with his name in it. So it was like a fictionalized version of it. And then there's a a TV version of it called the comedian. I think it's called the comedian with, uh, Mickey Rooney playing him. And it's just him (laughs) like berating his brother-in-law for the entire, his brother for the entire thing. And it's supposed to be real. And that's why Milton Berle's like career TV career sort of like stopped was because he was just a total asshole and the big penis. 
That's kind of a, a dick move for Rooney to do, isn't it? So, I would imagine they were contemporaries. I'm going to play a version of you where well, you're an asshole. But I mean, not everybody's going to know that it's him. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, like, okay. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess so. If they're like friends, if they're friends, like, yes, definitely. But, you know, take what guys take whatever work. You I mean, can imagine get. if I played you in a biopic as like a flattered. horrible person that was terrible to your wife. And yeah, but if I you're mean, all if, the true thing. Yeah, if you yeah, if it's true, then fine. That's fair. I, I accept it. Um, so we're going to watch Love American Style, Season 3, Episode 1, Love and Formula 26B, and Love and the Intruder. Shall we do it? I'm hoping Love and the Intruder is like some sort of rape fantasy. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be amazing if they're just like really cheery about it. And, and now it would just be like, oh, that's wrong. She falls, some uh, housewife falls for a cat burglar or something. <laughs> we'll see. Let's check it out. Hello. Carl Chuck. Oh, hi, lover boy. You don't need that now. I need your help. Do you have an antidote for the Formula 26B? Antidote? Why? Has there been a stampede at the ranch? No, no, no. We... They were just sitting there in these old clothes, you know? And she was reading this dumb book. I mean, nothing was happening, and I... You gave 26B to Betty? Just one run up. That's all we give to the bulls. Is it dangerous? Well, uh... No. <laughs> At least not for her. What do I do? I take lots of vitamins and hang in there, buddy. That's not funny. Mr. Price is here with his wife, and he's going to be here any minute to play bridge. Oh, man. What do I do to cool her off? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I can tell you what not to do. Don't give her any coffee that just uh, uh, stimulates the stimulant. You're kidding. Let's play games. You're not kidding. All righty. Ready? I'm ready. All right. We just watched uh, Love American Style, the uh, Love and Formula 26B, and <laughs> Love and the Intruder. And it, it, the Love and Formula 26B is like could not be made nowadays. I mean, uh, maybe as a cautionary tale. It is one of the rapiest sitcoms I've ever seen. It is <laughs> very rape. I mean, it's like. It's like the Bill Cosby story, more or less. It's basically the gist of it is um, a guy who works at a chemical company. Like, I don't even know what you would say that his job was. He works at a, you know, they make formulas. Yes. And uh, he's going off with his wife on vacation for a couple of days because they haven't, you know, been to together for three months. And he's bought her lingerie. Which and is a very sitcom thing. I don't know if that exists. He, yeah, he life. buys her lingerie and shows her to his coworker, and the coworker is like, "Why are you going to waste that on your wife?" Yeah, and he <laughs> says, "Like, how do you think this would look on my wife?" And it's like, "Ugh, <laughs> already just like really gross." And he's basically setting up the tension, the sexual tension. Of, the sexual. Tension. He hasn't had sex with her in three months. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> just like I need sex. Like I need sex. I've been tense at work lately. I've been tense. I'm ready to go into the country or wherever and have sex. And then, so he's like, yeah, I'm about to leave to go to the uh, hotel to meet her. And the, his coworker goes, okay, on your way, can you drop off this formula, 26B, to the experimental, experimental ranch? <laughs> experimental ranch, which is, I assume that, I don't know if that's a real thing that exists, but... It, and it was like it was a formula from rabbits that were trying to give to cattle 
to create more beef. Right. So to make them mate more. To make them mate more. And do you, can you guess where this is going? I bet you can't. Because <laughs> we both thought he was going to accidentally spill it on her or something. Yeah, like he would either spill it on himself and because, become hypersexual or spill it on her, become hypersexual. But what happens is he goes to the um, hotel. A depressing in, motel. Like a really gross motel. Um, and And she's reading a book inside they're not even outside enjoying she, the sun and she has like a do a do rag on her head which <laughs> it's not a do rag oh, it's a uh <laughs> the housewife the housewife rag, rag <laughs> she doesn't which have is the international symbol of i don't want to have sex wanna, i don't want in a do 70s show right right <laughs> it couldn't be less sexy than that and she's reading and he's like well why don't we you know he's basically making passes at her like oh do you want a martini She's like, no. And then he's like, why don't we, you know, like get more comfortable or whatever? And she's like, no, I'm okay reading a book. And he's like hot under the collar. He just wants to bone real bad. So eventually he's like realizes, oh, he goes, if he's like, if we're not going to do anything, I'm going to go to the experimental ranch and drop off Formula 26B. (laughs) And then he walks out. He's starting to walk off the door with the vial. And then he keeps looking back and forth between her and the vial with this disgustingly creepy stare. And, and the laugh track's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And there's just like, like yeah, it's like music. match game music all throughout. Because the, there's not a lot of, di- there's a lot of just, you know, stretches without any dialogue where the band just got to go to town. Yeah, they just had, to, they just funking it up, getting funky. And oh, and she won't accept any drink. Yeah, she's like, yeah. He so he decides I'm going to put this in a drink. Do you want a martini? No. Do you want a ginger ale? No. Do you want a water? No. But what does she want? Peanuts. Peanuts. So he puts a drop of the formula on a singular peanut, and it's a there's a total close up insert shot of him do, drugging a peanut, drugging a peanut, <laughs> and he hands her one single peanut, <laughs> and um, he basically doses her with a sex drug. <laughs> That's, I think, the, the the definition of rape, right? I mean, like, yeah, like, yeah that's like... She's kind of drunk and slurry. It's sort of like a roofie. It's a roofie. It's a roofie, uh, for sure. But she's also more sexualized, and she kind of turns in, changes from Buffy housecoat to the sexualized, you know, full hair, nightgown. Oh, yeah, her hair is very, <laughs> very high, uh, which is very sexy. And just wants to have sex. And but then the complication happens. And that's the funny part about this is that it's so rapey, and then it just has still has like all the sitcom tropes. Like they're about she's like really hot and bothered, and she wants to do it. And then there's a knock on the door, and of course it's his boss who's at the, staying at the same hotel, and his boss really wants to play bridge with him. <laughs> it's like it couldn't get more. It, it is like the perfect mix of like the 50s 60s style sitcom you know like the boss is coming over but you know it's it's our night together you know two things going on at once but in this one it just happens to be sex and the boss is like you do want to play bridge don't you johnson your job's on the line right 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 and um and then they come over and play bridge and the game is very hard to play because she's getting all sexy and making out with him and stuff Trying to put her foot on his crotch, and 
And, and he's trying to swat her away. And, and the wife, the boss, is like, oh, how could you? Like that. Clutching her pearls. Like, clutching, yeah. you simply must say something to them. And then. We so, invited ourselves into their hotel room. How dare they? Yeah, on a second's notice, we imp- <laughs> imposed on them. And then the boss goes up to him and is like, what is going, what is the meaning of this? And he's like, I gave her 26B. And he's like, how could you? And then, of course, the turn is that the boss wants to dose his wife and and he's like i think instead of one drop it'll take three on. mildred will need three drops because exactly. she's so frigid oh and then it's yeah it's unbel it is a true bill cosby rape drugging thing in a sitcom in a sitcom i mean there's something if it was like knowingly doing that it would be like hilarious you know like I feel like if you redid this now, it would be funny because of how wrong it is. But then it just now looking back on it, you're like, oh, my God, they were just like fine with that. Like, I guess I mean, like Bill Cosby had a a track on one of his albums about Spanish Fly, which is, I guess, sort of the same thing that he was into that. And that was just like, yeah, that's totally fine. You just, you know, drug women. Not cool. Yes. Bad. I'll I'll be the first to say it. I'm going to draw a line and say it's bad and it's wrong. Yes. Do you agree? You should not drug people. Okay, good. So we're that's our stance. I don't speak for anybody else, but that's my stance. Now, do you think the show... Do you think at the time that would have been considered wrong if it was just a date? Do you think that in the morality of the time, the fact that it was his wife, it's okay? Or do you think they could have done that premise with just someone who's on a date who's not into him? Uh, that's a good question. I feel like... I think probably in their eyes, the fact that they're married, it's okay. <laughs> but I wonder... Would they... I mean, there's still Republicans today that think that. Like, well, it can't be rape. It's his wife. Right. <laughs> but I, I wonder if they, like... I, I don't think they probably had a discussion being like, it can't be a date. You know what I mean? I'm sure that they weren't, like, forward-thinking enough to be like... You know, I think it was just story-wise, it makes more sense that it's a married couple. I don't think they were like... Oh boy, we can't date rape a, a a girl. Oh, and then uh, and then at the end, they, I gotta mention they also have the the tacked on, the button of that segment is the boss finally leaves with his drug so he can drug his wife Mildred. Oh right, right and then he right. gets a totally out of the blue call from the scientist. Oh, I forgot to tell you, the the drug wears off immediately and then she'll be asleep for two days. And then of course he looks over to his wife. He's finally going to have a chance to have sex with her, and she's asleep. The perfect ending for that would have been if he's she's asleep, and he just is like, <laughs> and just gets on top of. Yes, her. he just goes, that, yeah. that's that's the deleted scene. They're like he's maybe, pouring coffee in her. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's a little too far. Um, this did remind me of my friend told me about a New Yorker story to read. <laughs> Waity toity, but um, about- wait, how, I'm really with bated breath. I have no idea how this would remind you of any New Yorker story. It, not directly, but um, it's it, within the last couple of months an article about this motel owner in. Oh yes, did you read that article? Yeah, no, I've heard about it. A motel owner in I want to say Colorado, maybe Denver, in the seventies, eighties, and maybe to early nineties, a guy who owned a motel, and he was a voyeur, and he fashioned vents above many of the rooms and he would watch people have sex in his motel 
and he had like a plank running the whole motel where he could go and watch and stuff. But not only did he just do it for sexual pleasure, he kept a very um, like meticulous diary of it. He thought he had a grander sort of purpose, which was to, you know, there have been sexual chroniclers like, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, not Ken Kesey. Uh, Masters? No. Uh, yeah, the guy, um, Ma- the guy from Master- uh, Bitmasters of Sex is based on. Um, the hell's his name? John, Johnny P. Sexworth. Yes, Sexworth. Jo- Johnny, Johnny P. P. Sexworth. Sexworth. Yeah. With a uh, name like that, it makes sense that he would he had to. get into that. I mean, it was sort of a match me in heaven. Um, what's his name? Damn it. Anyway, um, so he, he said like, oh, those, those um, chroniclers of sex, those were done in lab settings and those were, you know, nobody's ever watched natural, uh, you know, sex in the wild almost to see it. And it was really interesting. I mean, obviously this guy is sort of crazy for doing it and the legality of it is awful and also it's just you know it's just morally repellent sort of but also at the same time like it is sort of true that he did sort of get like this cross-section of things but then the weirdest part this is probably a spoiler to the article is that he started um a couple times he sort of like uh interacted with people like he was like no you can't do that or something like that like he'd say something or like um and one time there was a guy who was dealing drugs out of his motel. And while he was, that guy was gone, he, the, the voyeur went down to the motel room, threw out all the drugs, flushed them down the toilet and went back up. And when he, and he kept on watching and the drug dealer thought it was his girlfriend. Oh, choked her to death. Oh, and that's like he, and he witnessed, he also witnessed it happening went down to check on her after he left, thought she was still alive. And the next day, uh, she she ended up being dead, and they never caught the actual guy. And, of course, he's sort of completely almost to blame for that murder, too. It's a really amazing story. In what way is that sort of? Well, I guess, so, I yeah. mean... I guess he didn't literally he did, do he it. He didn't literally do it, but he... he I mean, he, everything he did led up to that murder. But it's a great article, and I think it's there's going to be a full book about this guy. I want to adapt that section as an episode of Love American Style. That would be really great. That would be great. No, I didn't hide your drugs. <laughs> well, I'm going to choke you. But that's how it reminded me. I mean, that would be a great segment. I mean, this would be this is like the concept for the show is pretty great. Like just short segments about I don't I don't think I think it's. Totally, da- it's totally dated and flawed. But in terms of a setup for a show, it's pretty great. You right? think there's room for a modern anthology sex comedy? I think so, and I think it could be dark too. Yeah. Um, even so, and the, should we talk about the second one? Yes. Love and the Intruder. This one was the first one was just r- repellent, but uh, but funny in how hokey it was in its in its insanity. The second one was just awful. The second one was awful. I bet. With the half hour one, I, I mean, with the hour long episode, I wonder if they did two or three. I'm going to guess they did three. That would be my guess. And I, I think, I think in the half hour version they did one. In this one they did one good one, and the and the second one was shorter. It looked like they shot it in a day, 
It was yes. like mostly wide shots. I don't even think they had very many close-ups. And they were, st- as you were pointing out, the, one of the actors was stepping on all the lines. Of yeah, it's like they shot it once because the one actor kept stepping on the other actor. But the basic premise of that one is uh, these two, I guess, co-workers. They don't give you a lot of backstory. These two dudes. They sped through the, be- the, the they sped through the opening so quickly that I don't think I understood what was going on. The dude, they were the one dude was letting the other dude use the boss's sex pad again. again the boss, another boss. Thing. Fear of the boss animates all sixties and seventies like Bewitched. What if the boss? What if Mister Dry or whoever? Yeah, Mister Sexworth. Yeah, Mister Sexworth sees us like this. But anyway, so he's letting him use the boss's sex pad. He's like, but he says, you've only got two hours and you got to get out of here. Don't touch the booze. Don't mess anything up. You can fuck in his bed. That's fine. Yeah. Just yeah. Don't. Oh, yeah. Come all, come all over everything. <laughs> you can come all over everything, but just don't. He'll know if, if a coaster's out of place, Yeah, yeah. but yeah. he will have no idea the smell of sex. He doesn't know. In a room what, he hasn't been in in a long time. He doesn't know what dried semen is like. Uh, so, uh, and also the um, actor who's excited about using the sex pad. At first I thought it was a very liberated homosexual story we we're going to get right. with the two guys, but no, the guy kind of seems gay. Yeah. He's very, he's very flamboyant, but he's, he's, he's also a poor man's John Ritter. Yes. What did he, was his name again? Uh, George Fluth or something. Firth, George Firth. George Firth. Yeah. Uh, so he, then he has a woman over and uh, she's not sure about having sex. She looks like um, uh, a brunette Liza, uh, like a dusted blonde uh, Liza Minnelli sort of yes. hairstyle. Yes, very of the time. Yes, uh, and I think she's ambivalent about having sex, and he's as are most women <laughs> in this show. And he's he's definitely wants to have sex, but doesn't want her to touch any furniture or anything, which is a weird setup. But if that wasn't weird enough, then a burglar. Or comes a, out a of fe- nowhere. Comes out of nowhere and says, we had a job that went south. I need to wait here and get a car. And he makes a phone call and he's, he says, well, you can't, it's going to take you two hours to get a car here. Uh, so, hey, folks, I'm going to be here a while. So he's just sitting there with a gun. So that's that other guy's boning time that he's interrupting, this burglar. Right. Also, so there's that idea of the guy wants to have sex but he can't. His window of having sex is ruined because of this guy with a gun. Yes. <laughs> but even the more exploited comedic idea, which was very unfunny, was of course the burglar is putting his foot on the coffee table and wants beer, and the other guy's like trying to prevent him from doing that because he doesn't want to get in trouble with his boss. You just couldn't care less about any of the shit going on. Oh, and they explicitly said if the if this room gets messed up, this apartment gets messed up, I'll be fired and you'll be fired. Right. Why not at this point why not just get your own hotel room? Yeah, just get a hotel room. <laughs> yeah. Not maybe not worth it. This uh, is basically like the bad version of the apartment. But the yes, yes. The terrible version of the, the apartment, t- the but also just version. not well comedically done. Like the slapstick, and they there's a fight, and they tumble over a couch. I never believed he wanted to have sex with her. I just didn't believe. Well, the- he, I mean, he's gay. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, he just doesn't seem like he would want. He was a mix of Paul Lind and uh, and John Ritter. John Ritter maybe maybe could have made that work. I think he's comedically. Uh, there was somebody put on Facebook. Uh, a Facebook friend of mine, uh, uh, a thing from Three's Company where he's 
drunk and dancing John Ritter, and it's like the most amazing physical comedy. Yes, like he's he great. Is, unbelievable you sort of forget how and you know when i watched that show in reruns i never realized he was supposed to be playing gay like that was the whole premise of the show i sort of that went right over he just does that when uh when the uh, landlords the landlords are around but Uh, was that really offensive at the time yeah i mean even looking back is that like no (laughs) No. i mean i guess it is now but at the time no concept was was he because mr roper was worried about the the sanctity of those girls, those innocent girls. So, oh, okay, he's gay, so I'll allow him to live with them. Because it's men and women living together right. that aren't in a relate. you know. I guess it's, it's funny. a Christian uh, mor- morals or something, you know, like a very, like, uh, you know, men and women can't have sex before marriage or something like that. Um, he's a ladies' man, guys. It's hard to imagine, yes, but there was all these social mor- mores that were tight and then they got loosened up and hey the 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 world didn't end you know yeah like gay marriage oh no gay marriage you know hey now we have it or if you had said in the 60s we will eventually have unlimited porn easily accessible to any living human being <laughs> right right for right. free <laughs> it, they, everyone would have said well that can't be that's that would that would that would be create societal decay and destruction but are there are there <laughs> comedies now on like network comedies, I could, I don't know uh, the answer to this, but are there ones that do confront sex like head on? I think girl, well, girls does, girls does, but that's an HBO show. But I here's the thing is, and I think uh, two and a half men of the one and a half episodes I've seen was surprisingly graphic. Oh right, yes, of what yes, I saw, that's true. But yeah. I think I wonder if they don't do it as much because and Friends did it. But I don't know if they do it as much partly because there's fewer social restrictions to be embarrassed about. Right. Um, but that's what I'm saying. But more like, are there shows that take it, make it realistic? You know what I mean? Or like comedically do it realistically? I, probably not on the major networks. I'd assume not. Like this was on ABC. Yeah. Like that's pretty amazing. Like even now, I can't imagine a show like this being on ABC. I mean, uh, uh, one that f- sort of fits more into the time. Oh, but you mean one about, let's we want to fuck and there's a comedic premise. Yeah, that exactly. Can't I don't think that would be, yeah. I don't think there, I think that's still super taboo, right? Like to be upfront about sex on like primetime television. I don't know if it's taboo or if it's just not, I don't know. It's just not as funny now because it's not. It's not as, uh, it's more edgy. open. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's I don't know. You, so you, I think you're sort of pitching me rebooting this. I think it could be fun. We might be the people to do it. I would love to do, adapt these exact scripts, but with modern decor and people. I think it and would be, it'll just confuse everyone. Of like, <laughs> I'm so con, you know. I think that like that that first one done now would be hilarious because you'd be like, oh my god, this is you can't do this. You know what I mean? It would be like, I can't believe they did it. You know what I mean? It'd be like, that's the edgy, like it's, it's commentary. Like if Ross drugged Jennifer Aniston with a peanut. (laughs) Yeah. That would be just like so outrageous. That'd be unbelievable. It needs to be done. Have you watched the show togetherness? Yes. Do you like it? Yeah. I liked it a lot. I I, I I have, I still have to finish season. I'm like halfway through season two, but I think that that's a great show. I mean, yes. You know, I think catastrophe deals a lot with sex too. 
What's catastrophe? That is, I think, Rob Delaney. Oh, Rob Delaney. In England, and he has a whirlwind marriage, and they have a kid. A whirlwind romance that results in a kid and right. a marriage. Um, so, yeah. And Girls. I think Girls does it very well. Girls does it. I, I sort of am in, a, in and out on that show. Sure. Of, of interest level. I guess maybe because the characters aren't that likable. But. but I think this is sort of a growth out of... I'm going to ramble here, but like 50s, 1950s conformity anxiety, 50s and 60s. That was a big part of America where it was an overwhelming feeling of you've got to conform. Uh, It's hard for people to realize now because the nerds are ascendant now. But, you know, you've got to be a jock. You've got to be normal. Right. You've got to like to golf. And uh, so those shows like Bewitched or The Munsters, like I Dream of Jeannie was we're all about, I have this abnormal, or not the monsters, but I dream of Jeannie and Bewitched where I have this abnormal thing in this our house. There's something about our family that's abnormal and we have to hide it from everyone. Right. We right. are not proud of it. We must, we are ashamed. We must hide it. I love you, but you cannot show your witch powers or your genie powers. And oh no, the boss is coming over and he saw you summon a blue camel in our apartment and what will we do? He's going <laughs> to fire me. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. So it's a, that is kind of gone now. I fe- in a lot of ways, like, yeah, you summon, a, you got your wife's a genie, and she summoned a camel. That's cool, right? You right, know, right. yeah. You like, know, now yeah, you, that's dope. Yeah, that's dope. You're hired. We <laughs> want you to. We want you to come work at Vice and bring your crazy genie wife. Nowadays, we love it would you. Be like just eccentrics with one real normal person, and that that would be the thing that they're hiding. Like my yeah, my I, dad's an accountant. Yeah. Oh my God. I've got to hide the fact that I don't like artisanal chutneys and, <laughs> and uh, I don't collect vinyl. I just listen to MP3s of Billy Joel. I have to hide this fact. But I think that that still existed in like the 80s. I mean, ALF was basically. Oh, you're right. I mean, uh, an insane version of that. I mean, I guess no more insane than I Dream of Genie. But, uh, but yeah, there aren't. I guess there aren't also. I mean, obviously there's high concept stuff like on Adult Swim, but like there aren't shows that just have insane weird like supernatural you know where are those supernatural shows they're dramas they're dramas now. like medium or ghost whisperer those various shows yeah i don't know they're, maybe they, I, I, I was think, talking to dave about that in a previous episode about like that we'd love to see a night rider you know like the current version of a night rider yes yes i guess yeah they don't yes yeah, it's, it's time for those to come back isn't it yeah, you're the one to do it. I'm the one to do it. Uh, yeah, Lady Dynamite is is actually not quite high concept. It's very high execution. Oh my god! But it's, it's very so it's, smart. It's so the great. concept's very simple. You know, pretty real actually. It's really the execution really, yeah. is crazy. Yeah, it's really yeah. well done. Well, it's it's interesting how it goes back and forth between real, real, yeah. real. And then um, crazy. Yeah. Like her manager is in, like pure insanity. But then the stuff back in like her hometown is very like real and grounded. I mean, still hilarious and strange, but has a real depth to it. And I, but in, and also that one is really about showing her vulnerability and warts, warts and all. And every thing that she might be ashamed of is just letting it be. And it's yeah. about self-acceptance. Yeah. So it's, we've come full circle cause that's the opposite of bewitched or I dream of genie where it's not about self-acceptance. Right. Right. It's about successfully hiding it. It's about masking it all. 
I guess Munsters and Adam's family had that. They accepted themselves and didn't give a fuck, and that was the joke of that. They were weird, and, that, and, they're, they're and the comedy and is they were cool. clueless that they did not fit in. They were creepy, and they were kooky. Mysterious yeah. and ooky, they were all together. Which theme do you like better? Um, My daughters were debating this this wait, morning. Wait, the Munsters one is like, dun, 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 but how does it... Uh, dun, 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 dun. It was sampled in uh, Uma Thurman, the song Uma Thurman. I don't know the song Uma Thurman. Fall, uh, the big hit, isn't it Fallout Boy, right? Please. Uma Thurman? I don't know if I know. Fallout Boy is... They you, sampled, you have kids, so you know Fallout Boy. They I'd, sampled... Maybe it wasn't Fallout Boy. I'm going to be have this totally wrong. Uh, I mean, just because I know it better, I'd have to say the Adams Family, but I, I'd like to hear the Monsters one. Do we? Can we? Can we do a a, a small aside and p- play both of them, and then you decide? Yeah, because I'm gonna. They're both catchy as hell. I think I might give the edge to. Yeah, it's by Fallout Boy. They sample the Monsters theme. It's catchy as hell. Let me quickly play the Monsters theme. Let's see if I can get it. I'm gonna make funny noises so people don't get. Don't tune away, folks. We'll have a Twitter poll. There's no lyrics. It's great. I like that a lot. It's sort of like surf rock almost. Yes, yes. You're right. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I don't know. I mean... Adam's Family, though, you're going to come back Adam's to Family it. is just it's in my It's got the brain. great lyrics and the snaps. It's great. It's it's a classic. Yeah. That That is great, though. I think uh, to most people, to most intellectuals like yourself, uh, Mun- in Munsters versus... Why am I talking about Munsters and Adam's Family when we watch Love Who American Style? But Munsters... Adam's Family is the Mad Magazine to the Munsters Cracked, mm. I would say. Mm. Although I think they're a little closer than that. But uh, well, yes. I mean, Adam's Family has the history of the, yes. the car, or the comic, the cartoon, the Charles Adams. Yes, stuff, it and, has an intellectual pedigree. Yes, it comes from uh, Munsters. Is obviously a ripoff. I mean, that's so great too. Like. <laughs> That's so amazing that there are two shows that are like Halloween, basically like Halloween families on television. Like that's so fantastic. Yes. That one, uh, that you were just so brazenly could just rip off that too is awesome. I want to do that. Yes. I want to do the, the, like there should be, there's just that OJ Simpson, you know, the whatever American crime story. Like there should be a Menendez brothers one like right now, but by, you know, by a channel that's much, just like a really shitty version of it. You know, that's a funny idea for another Adult Swim show is um, there was a, there's a, there's a word for it. It's not prequel or, but it's basically a bad knockoff of a big franchise movie that's coming out. They'll do a bad knockoff and release it just before. Right. Uh, yes. Like Sharknado and they'll have like Squidicane or something, you know, Shardicane, uh, Sharkicane, you know. Right, right, right. Her a shark, you know, whatever. Um, it'd be funny to do that with hit TV shows. Like, that would uh, be great. Like just a bad knockoff, like um, like Friends, it's pals. <laughs> it's, you know, like that, the, yeah. Yeah, especially if there's just like one that's like a, just a highly anticipated premiere. <laughs> that would be so awesome. I don't know, but the thing is, do I don't, what, like what's coming up that we could do? Do we know about a, a future show that's worth parodying? 
No, I don't. Uh, I don't know. Yes. Uh, I guess we just got to read the trades. Or like you take the Mindy Kaling experiment, but get like Creed and call it the Creed Breton experiment. Wait, the other guy Creed? from the office. Oh, I don't know. I don't <laughs> and know. you just put him in a meet cute <laughs> romantic really comedy show. You just rip it off. I don't know. I like that you call it the Mindy Killing Experiment when it's the Mindy Killing Project. Project, which you're shows right. that neither of us know anything about that. I mean, it's funny, right? I don't know. I'm thinking of the experimental ranch where you, they the experimental take, ranch. They which take is where the love you... potion, sex, the Spanish fly potion. Um, I think it is cool that there are uh, anthology shows right now. Have you been watching any of the anthology shows that exist? Oh, definitely Black Mirror. Black Mirror is amazing. And there's a couple. Uh, Max Max Landis is doing a couple. Uh, One's called John Channel Landis Z. Son, yes, although I'm sure he would hate that that's how he's defined. He's, uh, I don't, I think he's sitting on such a big pile of money he can't hear us. Uh, he's <laughs> Right. He just sold like some big movie. Yeah, he's, he's on fire right now. But he's doing one called Channel Z. What's that might, supposed to mean? It's just an anthology. But I think it might be... Uh, a little like uh, American Horror Story where a season develops an arc and then the next season uh, is another arc, you know. But for science fiction, Twilight Zone type premises, I think. How about you? What are you, anthology shows? I watched the, the OJ one, though I, had, I did not finish it. I loved it. I, I, need, I need to finish it. Do you know what they're doing for next season? American Crime Story? Yeah. No. Katrina. Hurricane Katrina? Yeah. Whoa. Which is is great because I would I want to see them dramatize when people are, are narrowly escape drowning and go on a freeway overpass to another town just to get supplies and are met with police with guns like you're not allowed in our town. That's gonna be fucking crazy. That's gonna be crazy. And I'll have George Bush flying overhead, being like, "What?" I care. I care a lot. Oh my but, god. Uh, he, yeah, he flew instead to Terry Schiavo. Because of that whole fucking thing, that was—I think—that's what he was doing at the time. That's really? the big. That was the big issue he was worried about while Katrina was happening. I think. Good guy, great president. Yes. Things are headed. In the and then that FEMA guy—they'll have that FEMA guy who was the horse. You know what I'm talking about? What was his name? Brownie. Heck of a job, Brownie. You know what I'm talking about? No, wait. Remind me. He was the head of FEMA, and it was a—I think it was just a uh, appointment based on you've given, you've helped raise money for us. He had no skills in this oh, area. God. He um, ran horse shows. So but, so they put him at the head of FEMA, which is to handle national disasters. This is even after 9-11, where FEMA might be needed if there was another terrorist oh, yeah, attack. no-brainer. And you've FEMA. hired someone with no experience. I mean, how crazy is that? Yeah, it's sort of par, par for the course, Yeah, I guess. But we digress. We digress. But we digress. Into politics. We Into politics. But that sounds like an interesting anthology show. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't know how. I mean, God, that must that, that's gonna be interesting to see what they can actually focus on since there's so many aspects to it. But I'm. Um, what was the first season of American Crime Story? Wasn't there? Another oh one? no, uh, I'm talking about the one People versus OJ. That's their second. That's American one. Crime Story. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they did a first season too. I thought OJ was the first season. No, I think there was another one before that. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know, baby. I don't know. But now they're on fire. Um, did we talk about, this is related, if you don't want to talk, did we talk about, you were on the podcast before? Yes. Did we talk about, and would you willing be willing to talk about the, your experience in LA working for something similar to, do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. That, 
you used to write for I used to write porn, yes. You used to write porn. I think I've talked about this. Did you talk uh, about yeah. it on, on here? Uh may I don't know. I, I don't, don't remember. Think so. Yes. But yes, I, don't think I so. did that. But that seems in the nineties. That seems appropriate to talk about. With Love with, American style, with love yes. American style. Yes. How did that come to be? Um I was moved to LA to be a writer and I joined this writers group in Burbank and one of the other writers uh wrote porn scripts full time. And he said, um, I have more than I can handle. Do you want to write some? And more than I can handle was the name of one. That of was them. his. That was his pen name. <laughs> no, uh, he was a really cool guy. He also wrote for Star Trek, Next Generation, and all this other stuff. But his bread and butter was he wrote porn. He wrote like five a week or something. So what would like? How would you get an assignment? Like what would it be? Or you? It would be. be it you... would be either a parody, and I dealt usually through him. And I, I would imagine he got the assignments. He was like, the, uh, like in Trumbo. He was like Dalton Trumbo, and he'd throw you a script. Yes. And so I would imagine he would maybe take a good cut of the money and then pay me some, which is fine. And so and my roommate and I did a lot of them. Uh, but it would either be, hey, we need to do a parody of Star Trek. Right. Or we need to do a parody of the Ed Wood movie, Tim Burton, Ed, Mo- Ed Wood. There was a parody of the Ed Wood movie? Yes. We wrote that one, I think. What it might was have been that one changed because <laughs> it already. I has. think it was called Rodwood or wow. Ed Woody. I don't remember, <laughs> but it's one of those, and it's out there. Um, I don't think our names in the credits, unfortunately. Did you have a pen name? I did. Uh, mine was Art Waits, which is not a great pen name, but the idea was I was out there to write real things and was doing porn, so I was. It was to remind myself not to do too much of that. Right, that there but was I, something on the other end. Yes, the... Art was waiting. It was a very pretentious, I was a pretentious person, <laughs> a very pretentious name. But I did also give my roommate his name, which was Peter Burroughs, which was a good one. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. And was there a particular script that was, uh, that you enjoyed writing or remember being? I loved it. I think the first one was there. So it would, they would either say, uh, write a parody of this, or they would say, we've got seven actors and we have a house location with a, backyard with a uh, hammock. So uh-huh. write something around that. And the one we wrote, the f- the first one I wrote, they had no premise. Um, so I wrote one about a bunch of sci- these nerdy scientists that teleport themselves to a planet of only women that had never seen men. You know, kind of an Amazon women on the moon type mm-hmm. of premise. And uh, it was like a Star Trek goes to a female planet and the title i had was where no man has come before but they changed it to good vibrations oh that's <laughs> much worse yes much worse but that's what they did <laughs> i wonder if any listener has watched the those films and enjoyed them um and then what would you write for when the sex starts you just write like sex or we'd write commercial break <laughs> that's really what we would write. That would be what that's what they were called, the commercial breaks. The commercial breaks. Uh, but it was a great feeling. That was the first thing I, besides student films, that that specific uh, porn short was the first thing I ever wrote that was made. And I remember going to that set, seeing uh, the actors and actresses learning the lines on the stair. They were sitting on this big stairway running the lines, which was exciting. And then. Even more than the sex, which was cool to see, but <laughs> to walk into a room where they had we had written a lab, a science lab or a jail cell, and they someone had built it. Yeah. 
and just, oh my God, we wrote a lab and now here they have a lab or here there's a jail cell because we wrote it. Yeah. And that was the most awesome feeling of it. I mean, that was thrilling, the power of that. Yeah. Just of writing some dumb, some dumb idea and then people I don't know had to build it, you know, it was thrilling. Yeah, that's great. And the sex was very interesting to see, <laughs> but it's kind of strange too. I mean, that feeling must not, like for like your pretty face, the stuff that's written is so insane that that feeling must still exist when it's like, oh my God, yes. look at it in, in its, all its glory. Like an episode with uh, Dr. Mengele's in hell and he has a lab. Yes, that of, lab was uh, insanity. Yes. Um, that's pretty crazy. And did you, did the porn stars ever like, were they ever like, hey, you're the writer? Yeah, yeah. yeah I would, I hung out with them yeah they were nice uh some were troubled um no the two the two memories i have of that are um what the first the first day i went on set we you're supposed to write a porn um script in such a way that the only actors and actresses that are in a scene are the ones that are about to have sex but we wrote it more like a normal movie so the main character the main scientist was in every scene even if he wasn't going to have sex. Uh -huh. So I remember, and the guy, the actor, I think was T.T. Boy. His name was T.T. Boy. Uh, and he, we met him, and he was so pissed at us for putting him in every scene. He's like, I got to be in every damn scene. You know, I should be driving home by now. I've done my two sex scenes, and I've got to stay here all day to do lines in your fucking That's script. That's really funny. So he was really pissed at us. And then I think... Uh, also, I walked on stage when they had just finished shooting a sex scene. So the he he the the guy and the girl are sort of picking up their clothes and talking very casually. Like it was great working with you, and I think we're working together next Thursday. Oh, good, good, oh, great. Uh, yeah, we'll have to have lunch sometime. They're just it was it was very matter of fact, and I liked that. Yeah, um, it's work. Yeah, that's it was so work. It was very friendly, and yeah, uh, yeah, it was interesting. That's oh, and. So and my other memory, uh, well, I have a few, but one other one was we watched them shooting some sex scenes and uh, the sheer boredom on the face of the boom mic guy. <laughs> <laughs> like he had, he must have been doing, he just was, there's nothing that could interest him at all anymore. God. The look on his face was just priceless. God, that's so amazing. There's something ripe there to write, to, I feel like, have you ever thought about I have, and I th actually I think I met with I mean, uh, uh, the guys, uh, Danny McBride's company, where Jody Hill was going to develop something with that premise. Um, yeah, it would be fun to do something because I, like I could know. bring like a realistic element to it because I know, and also I could I would bring in like my friend the writer who would, yeah I mean he became he probably has written more than anybody oh yeah. And he, I think he probably has directed more than anybody. He became a director, and it's done it for forty years now. Wow, it's full time job. So, so he's the man. I'm sure he, yeah. And his um, his pseudonym was Cash Markman, and then when it was a project he didn't like as much, he would his pseudonym was Bill Dollars, <laughs> and then he had a bunch of other money related <laughs> pseudonyms, which was funny. So it's kind of his version of Art Waits. That's so great. Um, that's awesome. Well, thank you, Chris, so much. Thank you very watching. much. I, I, I mean, as just deplorable as it was, I really enjoyed watching Love American Style. I, and it, and you, uh, 
you kind of want to reboot it. I can see. I know. Your eyes, I you got the fever. Some, I think there's something. I've got the love fever. Um, I'm, it, I'm thinking we'll have to watch the one with Harrison Ford next. Yeah, and I, I want to see the backdoor, um, the uh, Happy Days pilot. That that one I'm going to definitely watch when I get home. I think um, Tom Bosley uh, drugs Joni. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> Fonzie drugs everybody. <laughs> And there's a wait, and then Ron Howard, poor Ronnie Howard, wakes up in the middle of an orgy. What is happening? <laughs> um, and they go, "These truly are happy days." Oh, and one other thing about it is, were these filmed in front of a live studio audience? No, I doubt it. Because the soundtrack is exactly the laughs that you would hear in Mash. Like, there's some specific chortles, right, right, that I recognize that I hear over and over, well, like Hogan's Heroes and Mash. There's one. Box that has yeah. the laugh box. I think that there's like one that's reused, been was been reused for years and years. I wonder if we can get the rights. We're doing a sitcom episode of YPF, and I wonder if we can get the rights to that specific laugh I bet track. You can because it's very specific, yeah, and yeah, real, yeah. That'd be great. Um, is there anything you want to say to the masses before you get off? It could be plug. It could just be your, you know, your mantra. It doesn't matter. I am. I got nothing to plug. I'm writing a movie, but it's way too early to uh, plug because it, it's just starting to exist. But I'm excited about making a movie. That's awesome. And I would like on on this podcast ask you to star in it. Wow, we'll star in it. I would be talk to my agent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no answer. <laughs> Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you. Well, wasn't that a little bit of fun? And I'd even say lovely American style. <laughs> Thank you so much to uh, Chris pa- Casper. Chris Casper? No. Chris Casper Kelly for uh, watching Love American Style with me talking about the ins and outs, the weird things about the show, the gross things, the rapey things, the good things, the bad things, the ugly things, the unknown things, the unsung heroes and things. Um, And thank you to all the fans. Thank you to Rory X Brit for leaving a comment that said the word adios, a five-star one. If you leave a comment, a five-star comment, and use the words adios and or duty, you know I'm going to give a shout-out like this one to my main man or girl, Rory X Brit. Thank you, Rory. Uh, Maybe the Rory from Gilmore Girls, the fictional show? Maybe not. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. Have a great night and an early manana. Adios. Amigos. That was a HeadGum Podcast.